definitely human. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. The Monster Hunters Christmas Special. The Haunting of Roy Steele. Well, Count Olaf is safely sealed in Westminster Abbey. I'm just thankful you got there in time, Roy. Roy, I said thankful. Hmm. What was that, old man? What's wrong, Roy? The spare key's missing. It's probably fine. I'll have given it to that blonde from the fish shop or something. Maybe we should be careful. Are you armed? Activating fist mode. Well, that'll have to do. Come into the lounge, gentlemen. Hell's cats. It's been a long time, darling. Roy, I think you should prepare yourself for a shock. What's going on, fella? These are the words I never thought I'd have to say to you. Laura Chesterfield, meet my wife, Mrs. Steele. Mrs. Steele. <laughs> Didn't he tell you he was married, Roy? Do you have any scotch? Ah,、uh, yes, just in that box on the wall marked "break glass in emergency." Good. Then I'm going to have that little sit down you suggested. I must say, Roy, darling, he's not what I expected. Really? Yes, he's not wearing a skirt for starters. Right now, hang on. This isn't.、Uh, Roy so- and I work together in a professional capacity. <laughs> you can relax. I was joking. <sighs> Have that scotch. You look like a rabbit on plucking day.、Um, you can't pluck a rabbit. Really? It doesn't really matter. I have a boy who deals with all that anyway. Why doesn't that surprise me? Don't even start with me, Roy. I don't air my laundry in public, unlike some people. No. Well, at least I don't go running to Daddy every time.、Um, what is going on here? Who is this woman? This is Virginia, and she's your wife. That's right. She's not a vampire. Not in that sense, or a werewolf, or some kind of robot, or living doll, or something. No. Well, I wasn't expecting that. Virginia, it's been six years. I thought you weren't coming back to England. A woman can change, can't she? What exactly do you want? Get some glasses, would you, Roy? It's time we got down to business. Business. Why else would I be here? What's in that little bucket? It's called ice. Oh, trying something new, are we? I'm a different man than I was six years ago. But I still see you enjoy a soup. Have you been in my cupboards? Maybe. Virginia, a man's cupboards are his private sanctuary. Yes, that's not on. Quiet, Blondie. Righto. Roy, it shouldn't be beyond even your meager intelligence to realize there's only one reason in the world that would bring me back to you. Of course. But while you're here, why don't you、uh, refresh my memory, gentlemen? I have a proposition for you. Take two elements, any two elements, say electricity and water, on their own, perfectly harmless. But when you mix them together, maybe in a bowl, dynamite. 
Roy Steele, a man in man's clothing. And Lonimer Chesterfield. During emergencies, his brain can be connected to the national grid. My name is Sir Maxwell House. I took those two elements and like some kind of scientific blacksmith, I forged them together. Forged them into a team that would look danger in the eye and bring it down with the knowledge of a man and the fist of a man. They are the Monster Hunters. Roy, please, you're going over 50 miles per hour. Sorry, old man. What's the limit here? 20. Oh, right. Ow. Sorry about that. I've just got a lot on my mind. Roy? Yes? I know this isn't the best time, and please try not to accelerate again, but why didn't you tell me you were married? Tell me, Lorimer. Were you ever young? Uh, yes, Roy. As a matter of fact, it wasn't that long ago. Well, then. Well, then what? You understand. Uh, no. Just because I was young doesn't explain why you married her. Look, can we just concentrate on the task at hand? Yes, yes. Why exactly are we helping her? Lorimer, old fella, whatever else Virginia Steele is, she's a beautiful woman. And you know the code. Uh, no, actually, I don't. But you don't know the code? No. But it's hanging up on my wall. Oh, I thought that was a joke. How dare you? Do you want to get out and walk? No, no. Sorry, Roy. I don't even know where we are. I've never been this deep into the countryside before. Ah, the countryside. The feel of birds Yeah, thank you. We your... haven't got time for that, Roy. We'll be at the house soon. I know. And we're late. Where did you disappear off to? I had to get my books. If we're dealing with a ghost, we need to be prepared. Good thinking. Um, I'm not happy about this, Roy. What do you mean? Well, it's Christmas Eve, and we're going to a remote house in the countryside. Well, you didn't have plans, did you? Well, actually, I was going to spend Christmas with Sue. Yes? Uh, nothing. And, uh, who's Sue? Uh, no, not Sue, Roy. Then who? Oh, a different lady. Oh, Lorimer Chesterfield. I think being around me is paying off. Uh, never mind, Roy. Look, we'll just go to the house, do a spot of ghost bashing or whatever, and then in the morning you can go off to your mystery lady friend. All right. My books will tell us what to do with the ghost. Yeah, well, we might be done even sooner. We don't even know if it is a real ghost. What do you mean? Well, that's what she said. She said that this new house she's bought is being terrorised by a spectre, mm-hmm. and that it's killed some fella. How do we know she's telling the truth? Why would she lie? Well, obviously, she's missing the old steel steel. She wants me back. And that's the impression you got, was it? From that fleeting 15 minutes with your wife, after six years? She's a woman, Lorimer. With a woman's mind. Exactly. Now, Lorimer, trust me. I know what I'm doing. Oh, God. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Eve. Ginny. Roy. Impressive pile. Flatterer. Always. Uh, Roy, the bags. Yes, why don't you bring those with you? Okay, right, but they're a little heavy. You leave those bags to Mrs. Brown, though. Uh, I can't really leave all these bags to one old... She might look frail, but Mrs. Brownlow is the county's amateur women's wrestling champion. Those bags will be like so many feathers. Oh, well, in that case, why don't you take this, Mrs. Brownlow? And this. And that. And this one. Oh, and this one here. But don't drop that one, it's very fragile. She's a darling, isn't she? 
came with the house. Her family have been in service here for generations. This is an impressive house, Mrs Steele. It will be, once the work's finished. If it was just for me, I'd favour a flat in town. No, this is going to be the nerve centre of my new enterprise. From here, Steel Electronics will create the finest bespoke appliances this country has ever seen. Steel Electronics? That's right, darling. It seemed right to put the only thing you ever gave me to some use. Well, as long as it's my name and not my money, I'm sure Daddy's seen to that. Actually, Daddy's hit a bit of trouble recently. Really? Yes, those damn tax men, expecting money for everything that he earns. What was that? Uh, it could just be the wind rushing through the house. The front door is open. Well, there was something else, though. Music. Accordion? Oh, look, on the minstrel gallery, what's that? Well, it looks like a lovely lady. A lovely wooden lady. It comes from the original owner of this house. Oh? They say he was a sailor. Ah, sea captain. That too. When he retired here, all the fittings came with him. That was mounted to the front of his vessel. It's very beautiful. Who is it? There are many stories of Captain Old Jack Legs. They say he loved the ladies so much he went to sea for him. Odd place to find ladies. They say he carved that figure as a reminder of all the ladies he left behind. That way he could always have one woman ahead of him. Pity for her. And then there are the stories. Yes? Terrible stories, sir. Fearsome stories. Stories that would make your blood freeze like pipes. The captain had a, a reputation and hands as big as hams. Big hands, he had, sir. Big hands. Big Big Yes. Well, there will be time for stories after dinner. Why don't you take those bags up to the gentlemen's rooms? <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Oh, let me give you a hand. You'll be all right on your own, won't you, Roy? Always. Is she the only help you have? I did advertise in the village, but they're a superstitious lot. None of them will come near the place. They say it's cursed. That's why I got it so cheaply. Come with me, Roy. I want to show you something. Wait. You hear that? You didn't leave your radio on. There's been no signal for two miles. Come on. I think we have our own ghosts to lay. Christmas with my wife. And this ghostly accordion. This should be fun. Did you hear that? It sounds like Roy's accordion music. <clears throat> Although it sounds more like a melodion to me. Aye, the captain is restless again. Excuse me? Nothing, sir. Oh, okay. It's just I thought you said the captain is restless again. I did. Why? Because he is. Can't you smell it? Uh, smell what? I don't expect a man like you to understand. I think you'd be surprised, Mrs Brownlow. Let me show you something. No. What are you doing, sir? I'm not that kind of girl. No, no, no. look. Here are my books. Mm. Ghosts and their many moons. Mm. The Book of Spectres. Uh, 
101 things to do with a poltergeist. Are these all yours, sir? Indeed they are, my good woman. I'm something of an expert. Oh, and, uh, what you wear? Well, Mrs. Steele invited us over. I think she wants us to get rid of whatever is manifesting itself here. I see. And you think it's Captain Old Jack Legs? I never said that, sir. I don't think you needed to, my dear. But he was well known around the world for his accordion playing. Melodian. Yeah, whatever. He'd entertain princesses, shakes, maharajas with his endless bounty of sea shanties. Really? That sort of thing really suitable for royalty? I paid to it on a solid gold melodian. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And they say that if you listen carefully, you can hear the tune still, wafting through the house like a musical fog. I see. What else do you know about him? Have a seat, sir, and I'll tell you all about him. I think your bulb's gone. No, none of the electricity will work. That's part of the problem. Lighter, Roy? Well, hunting monsters for a living keeps you fit. Fit and ready for anything. Anything at all. No, I meant cigarette lighter. Do you have one? For the candles? Oh, of course. There we are. Although, I don't think we need them. You can generate enough light for both of us. You haven't changed, you know. And neither have you. I'm not one of your air-headed lady trophies. I was 25 when I met you, Roy. Those lines were old even then. I wouldn't say old. I prefer mature. Yes, I'm not surprised. Look, just because there was something between us once, that doesn't mean you can just turn back the clock and start with me again. Whoa, 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 you came looking for me, remember? That was my flat you broke into. We're married, Roy. What's yours is mine. I'm sorry. This isn't helping us. Scotch? Thanks. You still remember the way I like it? In a glass? That's right. Mmm. Smooth. Smooth like the curves of your... Roy! I came to you for help, because you're the only person I thought would know how to deal with this. And instead you're just making crude innuendos. Sorry, Ginny. Old habits. You know I'll always help if I can. This isn't easy. But thank you. Do you know what this is, Roy? It's a stake. It's the future. All that time in Africa got me thinking. About steak? You remember when we used to lie on that beach in Durban? You'd bring a bottle of Bollinger out of your boot. We'd be too busy with each other to notice it get warm. Things don't stay cold in the sun, Roy. They warm up. And then the sun goes down. And they get cold again. Right. Are we still talking about the steak... What if you could find a simple, effective way of heating this steak? I have done. It's called having staff, Ginny. Have you ever heard of the microwave? In passing? Something from the Americas, isn't it? Apparently the 70s is going to be a big time for them. In my opinion, there's just one floor. Oh? They look like televisions. And that can be confusing. 
people don't want to watch a chicken go round and round. So what's your solution? You see this? It looks like a giant light bulb. Precisely. It's a cooker that plugs into a light socket. You take your regular bulb out, put this cooker bulb in, then insert the steak into it, and in 20 to 57 minutes, voila! And you've thought this through? I had a team of researchers ready to make history. We just couldn't get the power to work. Then on the second day, my chief technician, Spengler, was killed. He was a good man, Roy. He only had two facial expressions, the joy of scientific discovery and the second face. The face he had when he died. And what was that face? Roy, please. The face, Ginny. Do it for me. It was like this, Roy. My God. No one would work here after that. The scratching, the melodeon. This place is haunted, I know it is. When I heard what you're doing with yourself these days, I knew you could help. You always come back when you want something. Will you help or won't you? You know I will. Thank you. Roy, we might be stuck here for a while. Mrs Brownlow said it looked like snow. Speaking of which, we just... Oh, am I disturbing something? <laughs> Not at all, old fella. Virginia was just explaining the situation to me. Oh, really? It seems we're not the monster hunters any longer. Virginia, say hello to the ghoster hunters. Uh, that doesn't really work. No. Can we forget I ever said it? Done. Where are we going? Well, I was talking to Mrs Brownlow, and she told me that the captain had his rooms in the oldest part of the house. If we're going to learn anything, we'd better start there. I don't like this, Lorimer. What? Dealing with a supernatural. I mean, I can hardly punch a ghost. It's fistically impossible. You don't punch a ghost, Roy. You lay it. Lay a ghost? Now hang on a minute, Lorimer. No, no, it means you exorcise it. Don't say a word. Sorry. Do you think this is it here? Well, it, it's the only door. Oh, it's stiff. I don't think it's been opened in a while. Here, hold the candle. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Oh! It looks like a church. Hmm, it was. From what Mrs. Brownlow was saying, the captain had it desanctified when he built the rest of the house. I can't imagine that made him too popular with the locals. Pokey? Well, he was a man of the sea, Roy. They used to cramped quarters. But it shouldn't be this small. That back wall should lead to the chancel. Pass me the candle. Lorimer, look at this. Hmm, fascinating. This stone is newer than all the rest. Do you think the captain put it up? Hmm, I don't know. Bring that candle over here, Roy. I'm going to open these chests. <coughs> Dusty. These haven't been touched in a long time. What are you looking for? Something. Anything that might tell us something about the ghost. Look at this book. Let me take a look at that. Well, be careful with it. It's very old. Gosh, isn't, isn't that a ponytail? That's from No Horse, Lorimer. This is women's hair. Pages of it. A different set of hair on each page. What's that written beneath it? Uh, Elizabeth Alberic. Caught and tamed. This must be a list of all his conquests. Oh, how horrid. Well, we've all got to have a system. Otherwise, you forget their names. I can't fathom you, Roy. One minute you're talking about ladies like they're some kind of cheap exercise book to write in and file away. The next I find out you have a wife. 
It was 1965, Lorimer. I was just starting out. I'd had some success. You know the sort of thing. You bag your first elk, and you think you're about to start a zoo for very still animals. Ha! You're nothing until you've had your first lion. But then, I was green. Very green. If I was any greener, I'd have been blue. You're not making any sense now. Right. I met Virginia Winchester in a bar in Zurich. She was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, and she still had all her clothes on. I was intrigued. And what happened then? We talked. We laughed. She seemed fascinated by my tales of the hunting life. That, and I was an endless source of elk-skin pyjamas. Ha! I remember it like it was yesterday. I just made her a steel sunrise. A what? Right. You mix one part whiskey with two parts whiskey, Mm -hmm. then draw a picture of a sun on the glass. She told me her father had a game reserve in Africa. Soon after, we were married. But it didn't last. We were young. Maybe a little impetuous. By 1966, I was at the top of the scene. If it had four legs and couldn't speak, I'd bag it. But it was hard work, lonely work. I had to spend a lot of time away. There were temptations for both of us. But if I was being honest, we were both equally to blame. But she was responsible for over half of it. Uh, well... Sorry, Lorimer. This emotional stuff makes you uncomfortable. I know what it's like to be married, Roy. I also know what it's like to fall prey to the charms of a woman. Oh, really? Hmm. Lorimer Chesterfield, I would never have thought you could be such a man of mystery. (laughs) A past as murky as mine, and a second shadow. A a what? You've got two shadows? What? That's not my shadow. It's not mine. I'm not short and large. Neither am I. Right. I'm going to say that's rats. Um, Quickly, the door. Oh, help me with it. Oh, it's jammed shut. Oh, the candle. Help me with the door. Can anyone help us? We're trapped in here. Hell's cats. If you'll be wanting some, sirs, dinner is about to be served in the dining room. Ah, there you are. We were getting worried, weren't we, Mrs Brownlow? Ma'am. Well, sit down. Dinner is ready. Ah, yes. Dinner. How normal. Yes. Ordinary. Just the way we like it. Did something happen? Uh, Perhaps we should leave it until after dinner. Mrs Brownlow, if you do the honours. Virginia, this is a soup. And if that aroma is anything to go by, it's no ordinary soup. This is branded instant soup. Oh, marvellous. With no power to operate the cooker bulb, I was forced to take drastic action. What flavour is it, Mrs Brownlow? Mm, Hungarian, ma'am. How appropriate. Goulash. Oi, what was that? That was dreadful, even for you. I know, I know. I'm just a little nervous. What with my wife and that dead fella, my gag skills have been sorely punished. Yes, I see what you mean. Gentlemen, are you all right? You look tense. Mm, No, it's it's just... Just what? How much salt does Mrs Brownlow usually use in her cooking? None. She says she doesn't believe in it. Really? Yes, it is all a little on the salty side. Mm. She says she doesn't use any. Are you sure? Well, why don't you ask her? 
She's right there. I'm right here. Oh, oh yes. I don't have any dealings with the stuff, but you've noticed it, have you? It's a little hard to miss. I feel like my gums are shrinking. It's been like that for the last few weeks. No matter what I make or how I make it, there's always a strong aftertaste of salt. How peculiar. I've got to say, Ginny, I'm not terribly impressed with this cutlery. Where's the silver set we were given? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Roy. I'm afraid I had to sell it. What? That was a wedding present from my Uncle Roy. Yes, I know, but I was at a loose end. Daddy's money was running out and I needed something to make the cooker bulb prototype. But Uncle Roy's silver... Don't make a scene. Me make a scene? You're the one who... Please, please, can we stick to the task at hand? What? The... the ghost. Oh, yes. Of course. Professor Chesterfield, you've had a chance to look around. What can you tell me? Well, there is definitely a presence in this house. Something malevolent and growing in strength. We've heard it. The scratching. And the melodion. You're sure that's not just kids? Playing the melodion? Well, you know what the kids are like. They'll play anything. From the look of that book we found, Captain Legs was a deeply unpleasant man in life. If we only knew what had triggered his manifestation in death. In life and in death, Captain Old Jack Legs was a tyrant. The infamy has travelled far and wide. All know and fear the legend of old Jack Legs. I've never heard of him. No, neither have I. But you be city folk with your city ways and your city trousers. But we know, sir, I know. And what? What do you know, Mrs Brownlow? Old Jack Legs ruled the sea with an iron fist. It was attached to his belt. Many a man quaked when he unstrapped it. On land, he was a vicious and ungodly man. When he moved to the village, he made sure the old church was his. He had the village folk build around it using stone he brought aboard his boat. But we're nowhere near the sea. Aye, sir. So we had the men put the ship on rollers and roll it up the village, and it was split up to create the rest of the house. What? You mean this house? Indeed. All the floorboards, the doors, tables, the chairs are sitting on now, all made of wood from his ship. The curtains are made from his sails. All the fineries, all the fineries of his wild cats. This is worse than I thought. Roy, don't you see? Yes, I do. But why don't you remind me? They say that for a man of the sea, his boat can be part of him. Like a fourth arm. What? No. No, I mean all his experiences. Love, hate, the other one. They would all take place on these timbers. Those impressions could be lingering even now. It would make him even more dangerous. <gasps> what was that? Shh! Hands the size of arms, he had... It's coming from above us. Quickly! What are we waiting for? After you. No! Sweet Nora! My books! My beautiful books! Quickly, Ginny, do you have any sellotape? Oh, no, it's no use, Roy. They're ruined, ripped to shreds. Lorimer, I'm sorry. I know you must be hurting, but that pain will fade, and in time, you'll go out and you'll find other books. It won't be the same. I'm sorry, Professor Chesterfield. Right, this ghost is getting on my goat now. How do we get rid of it? Well... We need to exorcise it, but... But what? 
All my information about exorcism was in those books. So what do we do now? Well, we need to find out what the ghost wants. Usually a spirit lingers due to unfinished business. Once we discover what that is, we put it right, and the manifestation will leave the house alone. You're sure? Well, I think so. Let me just consult my... Oh, oh yes. Damn. Why don't we all retire for the night? We can look at the problem with fresh eyes in the morning. What a good idea. Ginny, why don't we... Good night, Professor Chesterfield. I'm sorry about your books. Yeah, me too. Some of them were from the library. Please leave me now. All right, old man. Night! So, Ginny, can I accompany you to your room? Yes, very well. Excellent. Here we are. Oh. And that one's yours. Really? It's just I was thinking we could... Good night, Roy. Good night, Ginny. Now, where's that hip flask? I must have left it in the Jensen. I suppose I'll just have to go and raid Ginny's supplies. She won't mind. She is my wife, and she owes me about six years' worth. Hello there? Who's that? Mrs Brownlow? I can see you there, hunched over in the corner. Why are you wearing a cloak and a hood? Hang on, that's not Mrs Brownlow. You! You strange misty-shaped thing! Come here, I want to talk to you. Right, okay, you trying to tell me something? Because it's not working, you're just scratching. Right, do you need a nail file? That should sort you out. I mean, is that what you want? Oh, hell, this is impossible. It's like talking to my reflection. Look, I'm going to come towards you. Mr. Steele? Mrs. Brownlow, did you see that? Bloody great chandelier, nearly crushed me. But it didn't. Well, no. Clearly. Now, where's that shape? Oh, it's gone. Mm, I think you may have had a little too much to drink, sir. How dare you? Let me tell you a bit about Roy Steele. No, thank you. Good night. Right. That does it. I'm going to bed. Lorimer, old fellow. You're up early. I slept perfectly well. Everything was absolutely fine. Was it? No. There was an apparition and it tried to make me inhale a chandelier. Hmm, just as I thought. The longer we stay here, the greater the danger. It can't resist playing with us. Playing us to death. That damn ghost. It's feeding off us like a man would feast off sweet booze. You know, you just have the one, then that little barmaid, she'll give you the smile and pour you another, and before you know it, you're halfway down the Thames dressed like some kind of a woman. What? Never mind. Why are you covered in snow? Have you not seen outside? What? There's at least six feet of snow out there. I'll never get back to London in time for lunch. It's fine. Get a shovel. I'm afraid that isn't the answer. I've already tried to brave the snow this morning. I got to the gate, and my way was blocked by a fallen tree. The wind is icy to the marrow, and I can't even see your car. My Jensen! Damn you, Snow! Damn you! And we ain't got a shovel. I'm sorry, boys, but it looks like you'll be staying here for the next few days. Oh, perfect. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I don't know what you're pacing for, Lorimer. That's my car slowly rusting under all that snow. Scotch? It's 10.30 in the morning. You're perfectly right. Gin? 
We need to get that spirit exercised as quickly as possible. I'm sure Susan will wait, old fella. It's not just that, Roy. That ghost is only warming up. Every minute longer we spend in this house, the chance it could kill us increases. Now, where's Mrs Brownlow? Fixing us some breakfast. I hope it's soup. She's the key to this. Her family's looked after this house for centuries. She's the only one who can help us finish this. Now, hang on a minute. Hurt your pride, darling. Ginny? And it would help if the two of you would stop prowling around each other like a pair of mink. We're not prowling. I'm no mink. If you could just put your differences behind you... I've had six years to dwell on that man. Six years! Don't wait up, darling. I've got my hunting sense on, and there's rhino stopping me now, he says. And I don't see him for weeks. A smile, a pun, and the next time I get a look at my husband, it's in the glossies with some little thing on his arm. Now hold on just a minute there. No, Roy. Oh, you can charm your way back into my affections only so many times. Oh, really? Really? Well then, tell me, Virginia, how do you spell Marcel? I was funding an artist's colony. Yes, I've used that line myself. Um, This is no self-made woman, Lorimer. She sailed around Africa on Lord Winchester's money like some kind of lady yacht. And every port just happened to be man-shaped. Well, uh, if you don't mind me saying... What? What? It just seems you were more alike than you give yourself credit for. Virginia? Roy? I know I'm... Not some kind of man-king, but we had some good times, Ginny, and I I think we could have those times again. I don't know. You hurt me, Roy. I know. Can I make it up to you somehow? There is one thing. What? Write me a letter. Like you used to when we were courting. But I want you to promise to be true and mean it this time. Write down all the times you've done me a wrong, and then promise never to do it again. Could you do that? Well, I was actually thinking lunch at the Savoy. Please, Roy. All right, Ginny, I will. Right. Good. Now can we please get back to the ghost? Yes, of course. So we think it's this salty captain fella. Uh, yes. What part of the last 24 hours have you missed? We need to know more about him. Virginia, do you know where Mrs Brownlow is? No. Right. But I've got a bell here. Impressive. Where did you learn to do that? It's not hard. You just pick it up and shake it. Will you be wanting something? Only I got a breakfast on and I don't want it to overboil. It's an open fire. We need your help, Mrs Brownlow. It'll cost you. Now look here, Missy. We need to know about this old Captain Legs. Captain Old Jack Legs? Yes, him too. What do you want to know, sirs? He was a very broad man, very broad, and his answer, like arms they was. And when he showed them off, he used to do little piggy noises like this. Yes, 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 we know. Yes, thank you, Mrs Brownlow. But what happened to him? You must know, your family's been employed in this house for generations. Please, sir, don't ask that question. Any question, but uh, we don't like to talk about it. But you haven't stopped going on about it since we got here. Yes, sir, but not the end. Ask me anything else. Ask me about his trousers and his lustrous hair, but don't ask me about the curse of the Brownlows. Curse? Brownlows? Bugger. Please, Mrs. Brownlow. Very well. Captain Old Jack Legs was a jealous, violent man. Famous he was for his temper. A temper so hot they said you could fry eggs on his face. 
But it wasn't just the eggs. He was known round these parts for his love of the ladies. He would never seen without a lady on his arm or uh, in his window. Nice. Ah, sir, sir, sir. The captain, he got greedy. His jealousy grew. He wanted what he couldn't have. The wives and the daughters of the villagers. He'd seduce them all with his tempestuous curls and his big hands. And uh, the, the, when the captain came a-calling, pity the fool who would turn down his advances. The am, sir, the am. Hmm. A peculiar fella. Mm. His appetite was so immense that eventually there was not a female left in these parts who hadn't been subject to his ways, and once he'd had him, he would leave his mark. He did cut their hair, sir. Not with scissors, sir, for that was not the way of the sea. How then, Mrs Brownlow? What are you asking me? What do I look like? He, He probably used a stone or a shell or his teeth or he employed a boy or... I don't know, something. But once he had the air, then he would put it in his lady book and set him free. Lorimer? Elizabeth Alberic, caught and tamed. Then, one night, he set his sights on the squire's daughter. <laughs> but he picked the wrong man to mess with. The squire had a 24-hour guard on his daughter's chambers. To keep the captain out? Well... No, actually, he'd done it since she was a babby, and then when he came a-knocking, they captured him, and they locked him up. Folks came from all around the village to get their revenge, but he escaped, and they pursued him to this very house. And what happened then? Oh, it were terrible, sirs. They wanted to make sure he never touched another lady, so they... They bricked him up inside one of his own walls... Can anyone hear that? The music. The music of the sea. The presence of just one other living soul is enough to rouse the captain from his death. His anger sustains him like an irritable jelly. Where did they seal him up? Please, sir. You don't know what you ask. Leave him, sir. Forget about him. Like it was a year-old library book. Tell us, madam. This music is driving me mad. Where they found him hiding? In his rooms. The ex-church. Quick, to the chancel. That noise. Where's Virginia? She said she'd join us. Here. Here be where it happened. You know, Mrs Brownlow, if you told us all this last night, it would save a lot of time. Right then, let's get this wall down. Lorimer, hold my candle. Godmothers, I think I've broken my entire arm. The wall? That's not coming down, Gov. Stand back, boys. Jimmy! Where did you get that pickaxe? Never buy a house without a shed. First rule of house hunting. Stand back! I think I loosened it. What the hell is that? Look! It's the captain's skeleton. And he's still wearing his captaining clothes. Yes. Nice hat. We need to bury him somewhere. Then his soul can be at peace. Oh, Lorimer! Mrs Brownlow, what are you doing with that torch? You've knocked him out. I can't let you take him. Why? He needs to stay here. That's why my family has remained employed in this house. 
to make sure he's never allowed to rest in peace. But why? As a punishment. You see, the Brownlows were Squire's housekeepers. He charged us with making sure the captain was forever imprisoned. Now, get back, all of you! What's where you're swinging that torch? You devil, keep away! Jimmy, look out the table! Oh, oh he's throwing furniture! Stop it! Oh, oh! He's knocked her into the wall! The torch! Look, it set fire to the captain's clothes! What? No! It, it must be. Uh, ow! Oh, ow! No, he mustn't be set free! Come on, Roy, let's get out of here! Good thinking! I'll just grab Lorimer. No! Ow! Look at the house. The whole east wing's on fire. Oh, there's Mrs. Brownlow. Where? At the window. She can't get out. Come back. It's too hot. I think the captain's locked her in. Poor woman. Don't look, Ginny. Oh, my head. What did I miss? Oh, look, the whole house is on fire. Well, that's all right, then. What do you mean? Well, that will free his spirit. And if it doesn't, at least there's no more house for him to haunt. Good point. The happy ending. Except for Mrs. Brownlow. Keep looking away, Ginny. You don't want to see her burning like a fleshy log on the Christmas fire. Um, you can put me down now, Roy. I'm a grown woman, Roy. I've seen lemurs mating. Once you've seen that... Thank you for that image, Virginia. I'm sorry we burnt your house down. I'm not. Look at my car. The heat of the fire has melted the snow and thawed my Jensen. I wouldn't worry too much, Professor Chesterfield. I have a feeling my situation will sort itself out very soon. Lift to London, anyone? I've got a burning desire to leave this place. I'm all fired up for a drive. He's... I'm... The captain's... Just get in the car. Well, I think we deserve a bit of a holiday. What with the captain and then the manta claws... This has been a pretty eventful Christmas. Let's hope nothing else presents itself. Hey, Roy? Like, like presents? Hmm, what was that, old man? What's wrong, Roy? This door's broken. <laughs> it was working this morning, but now I can't get the key to turn. Maybe we should be careful. Are you armed? Activating fist mode. Jimmy, what the hell are you doing in my flat? Again? Your flat, Roy? I reckon so, darling. That's a life-size picture of my entire body on that wall, and there aren't many people with one of those. Yes, I noticed that. I'm thinking of having it burnt after the decorators remove it. Decorators? What's going on? Roy, darling, in all the confusion I forgot to give you your Christmas present. What's this? I thought even you would be able to work this one out. They're divorce papers. I'm divorcing you, Roy, and I'm going to make sure I get everything I'm entitled to. Divorce? But... I don't forgive, Roy. But the letter... You wanted a letter? (laughs) Yes, my solicitor was most pleased with that. All those confessions of adultery. That's what secured the divorce. Oh, Roy, you didn't actually write that letter, did you? Well, yes. I thought... Have a read, Roy. 
This flat is mine, as is the Jensen, and everything else, including the Scotch. You bitch. On the plus side, you're now a free agent again. Now please, get off my property, or I'll call the police and report a couple of loiterers. Roy, are you all right? No, Lorimer. No, I'm not. I've just lost everything. I haven't even got anywhere to go tonight. Well, you you could come and stay at mine if you like. What? Move in with you? <laughs> You're not... No, I, I didn't mean... Well, I mean, just just for a few nights. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could get a loan off Sir Maxwell or something, and you've got your cataloguing and stuff. Yes. Well... Well... Come on, I'd better show you where everything's kept. It's quite a complex system. Oh, marvellous. And Roy? What? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Lorimer. Hang on. Don't you live around the corner from the girl Arama? Um, possibly. Then hold on to your hats, Lorimer. It's going to be a very happy new year. The Haunting of Roy Steele was written and directed by Peter Davis and Matthew Woodcock. With Matthew Woodcock as Roy Steele. Peter Davis as Lorimer Chesterfield. Andrea Cullum as Virginia Steele. And Laura Marshall as Mrs. Brownlow. Engineered and edited by Peter Davis. Music and sound effects supplied by Chaotic Creations. Melodian playing by Victoria Skerritt. With thanks to Heather Duell, Laura Davis and Emma Gibbs. Visit our website at www.themonsterhunters.com. This was a Newgate production. And when you pull on it, and it snaps. Yeah. It's always earrings. Really? Yeah, it's always earrings. Weird. And a little joke. That's funny. That's oh, hello there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Goodwill to all men. All of them. Welcome to Behind the Scenes Beneath the Ways of the Monster Hunters, Hunting Monsters with the Monster Hunters. My name is Peter Davis, and over there is Matthew Woodcock. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, one and all. Why are we saying Merry Christmas? It's clearly not Christmas Shh. here. It is. They should be. You listeners should have waited till Christmas. We I told you, you to. Did. You Otherwise, idiots. Otherwise, we'd be very, very upset How with you. How dare you? I shall write you all out of my will. <laughs> so this was our first Christmas special. Exactly. That's why, you see, the Christmas special. So, Matthew, tell the listeners yeah, about what makes a good hey, Christmas episode. What makes a good episode. Christmas episode? I think... You're looking for a scare. A scare, spooky. Because middle of winter, it's dark, it's cold. In in the UK in the 70s, there was a tradition on the BBC every Christmas of having a ghost story on the television for Christmas late at night on, on like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I can't remember which. And they would be invariably M.R. James adaptations. There was, a, there was at least one Charles Dickens. And so I thought that what we should have for Christmas would be to try and get a story that was funny, but was also a bit creepy as well. We're never going to be terrifying. It's a, it's a comedy show, but hopefully a bit 
eerie or creepy or getting that slightly sinister atmosphere into it as it's well. It's sort of comedy maybe don't listen to at midnight. <laughs> yeah. This is our first a- a- attempt at that. And and obviously the title tells you what it is. It's The Haunting of Roy Steele. Because there's two hauntings going on. I don't know if you picked really? up. Really? Yes. What are you talking about? Well, there's the actual haunting. Yeah, the ghost. Of the ghost, yeah. 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 Did you pick up on the other one, though? What? Roy's past oh my God. comes back to haunt him. Oh my God, you've this blown is, my mind. This, this is kind of, this is what we call dramatic writing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. What is more terrifying than your wife? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, what I hear is. you there. Yeah. Whoa. Speaking of my wife. Yes. She's in this episode. <laughs> what? So this episode is basically a four-hander. She's in the first one. She's in all of them. She's in all of them. <laughs> yeah. So this is a four-hander um, yeah. Myself, Matthew, Andrew Cullum, who we've had before, playing Roy's wife, and also Laura Marshall, who is uh, who is my wife, and she plays Mrs. Brownlow. Indeed, she does, and very well she plays it. Too. Yeah. And so the story is also quite a weird, and if you actually look at it, it's quite creepy. So, so we had a ghostly captain. We had some ghostly scratchings and, and melodian playing. The melodian playing, which was played by the wife of my cousin. There you go, Vicky. She, Vicky Scarrett. She played the melodian for us, and we wanted that kind of eerie, ethereal sound which goes through it. And it's a sound of you know the sea and him being there and you know when you hear that sound something nasty is going to happen that's a very small part of the episode most of it really is about roy and his wife yeah the halloween special is very much it's more like a blockbuster but it still has the same kind of quite fast paced and it's quite silly and so i wanted it to be funny but i also wanted us to make roy vulnerable yeah and we built up roy over six episodes as being a playboy who would try his arm at the women and he'd have a flat he had a posh car and he was effectively roger moore and by the end of this episode all of that is taken away from him and also the performance changes very much as well at the end because roy's often fast fast paced uh, gag gag heavy and at the end of this episode he's actually completely lost for words Mm. and he's distraught and he's completely destroyed and it's nothing like we've ever heard from him before that's a really nice end to the to the character this series yeah i was pleased with what we did with him and then and then also to put roy and Lorimer together like that which we kind of just did as a throwaway thing but really Mm. kind of as i think you'll see if you continue with this if you haven't heard series two before then uh, it's not really a big spoiler to say that Roy and Lorimer are living together in well, series well, two. Well, it's, it's basically spelt out at the end of this. Yeah, and I think they do stay together for a while living in the flat. That gives you a lot of possibilities, which I think we play with in the, in mm. the other episodes. That yeah. fact. It comes from that vein of having um, you know mismatched characters in a house together, which yeah. we'll probably talk about more in series two. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed our rambling through series one. I hope you did too. And we'll see you back again for series two. Will we be wearing clothes for series two? I sincerely hope you will be, yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.